It is 107. You are listening to the Shaletta Show on News Talk 830 WCCO Radio. I'm your host, Shaletta Brundage, and I'm so excited to have another hour here with you um, to talk about news and events and things happening in our community, whether it is Senator Claire, um, historic uh, legislation is being passed. Her seat in the Senate is historic. Uh, the work that she is doing, the tables that she is seated at, have never been occupied by an African-American legislator before who is a woman. And she is there making decisions, um, adding perspective. Um, we're also talking about how to have fun and enjoy uh, new offerings here in the Twin Cities at Papa Legba's Lounge on Cesar Chavez in St. Paul. Um, and also the Girl Scouts got a new CEO. Marissa Williams is there. She talked about um, her goals for the organization going forward. And if you have not, I suggest you go back and hit the rewind button. Listen to the podcast that um, Josh is going to make sure to put up so that you can hear those um, interviews and get that perspective and then share it with your friends. You know, I always say change begins with a conversation, and that conversation starts here. And the conversation doesn't stop on the radio. Um, people, especially during Black History Month, um, constantly call and say, Shaletta, can we have you um, speak at our event? We want to hear your perspective. We want to have you um, as a part of our offerings to our employees, to our community. When we start talking about diversity and inclusion and creativity here in Minnesota, I was just at Turnberry, um, downtown Minneapolis, yesterday talking to um, their employee group from all over the country, a couple hundred people, and I chatted um, about environmental racism and justice and what we can do even now to help people in black and brown communities who find themselves in situations where there's a plant next door. There's illegal dumping. And nobody is looking out for the least of these. Um, Was at General Mills earlier this week talking to the Black Champions Network about um, how they can work in this Twin Cities community to help build relationships and bridges that have never been created before. You know, if you think about it, General Mills is a Fortune 500 company. Um, They are worldwide. But they're down the street. Yet in China, yet in Europe, yet in Spain, yet in Japan. But they're they're right day up the road in Minnetonka. So we're going to bring them down the road to North Minneapolis and to Rondo and to make sure their network of employees is, is out and seen and heard and felt in the community. And so uh, when I got a call from James Curry uh, and Estrella Carter to join them in Hastings uh, next week, I said, yes, count me in. And James is joining me now to talk about that event. Um, it is open to the public. The, the two I did this week were closed to employees only. And so 
um, you know, when folks start saying, well, Shaletta, where are you going to be? I want to come and and hear you talk. I want to see you in community. I want to hug you. I bought some of your books. I want you to sign them. Well, guess what? If you come to Hastings next week, that's where I'll be. Tell your wife, tell your kids, tell your husbands, uh, come on to Hastings, and we're going to have a big event, and James is going to tell us all about it. He is joining us courtesy of the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. Hey, James. Hi, Shaletta. How are you? Oh, I am so excited and so honored that you all would ask me to speak at this event. Folks are already texting me like, where are you going to be? I got these baby books I've been waiting for you to sign that I bought on Amazon. (laughs) Tell folks about this event in Hastings and um, why you're doing it. Sure. It's, um, well, I mean, at a a base level, it's just a celebration of black history and uh, all of our triumphs in in our culture and, um, it happens to be in Hastings at uh, St. Louis, uh, St. Luke's Episcopal Church, uh, 615 Vermilion Street, February 26th from 2 to 4. We've got uh, musical performances by Dale Alexander and Wendell Kirk. We've got a Reader's Theater performance. We've got Gravy Babies, Greens, uh, and uh, let's see, Cornbread, and I want to say Covered. Uh, covered in smothered chicken. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think uh, we'll also have uh, my um, county historical exhibit uh, of the black pioneers of that community, but most importantly, U.S. Keynote. Oh, no, that's not most importantly. What's most importantly is the history that um, exists in Hastings. Um, and how you are telling that story for black history month. Can you talk to me more about that? Well, sure. Um, there was a, a thriving black community there in, uh, I would say, from 1890 to 1920-ish. Uh, it, it even involved uh, communities of Prescott, um, Point Douglas, and Trimbell, and uh, probably a population second, a black population second only to St. Paul. And um, they had a church, uh, an AME, mm-hmm. Brown's Chapel. That thrived for 15 years after it was established. Uh, the community even pitched in and um, was really a light uh, in, in that city and a place of worship and um, fellowship. And uh, in 1907, it was um, uh, arsonists um, burned it down and mm-hmm. the silence of the community um, reflected their complicity in a way because there was no investigation and everybody just went about their business and slowly the black exodus occurred uh, as a lot of the high school graduates uh, from my family um, moved to South Minneapolis and helped form the South Minneapolis um, community that we have up here in Minneapolis. That is an intriguing and sad story. Um, And it's not one that is unfamiliar to us because that happens in communities across the country. We think about Black Wall Street in Tulsa and how it was burned down Mm -hmm. and nobody was held accountable. We think about Rosewood in in Florida and how that Mm -hmm. happened and nobody was held accountable. And, And a lot of times we like to, as Minnesotans, look at these tragic historic events in our nation's history and point the finger at these people and say, well, how bad is this? How horrible is this? But it happened right here 
at Hastings, Minnesota, less than 10 minutes away from where I live right now. And it is not taught in history books. It is not talked about um, when we start talking about black history in Minnesota, but it is definitely a part of history. And as a member of that community, I can't even begin to understand and know how they felt when somebody burned down their church and somebody was not held accountable, hell, I would have moved too, James, because at that point, <laughs> after you burn the church down, my house is next. You're not holding mm-hmm. anybody accountable, so nothing is going to happen. I got to get to a safe space. And so for a lot of our ancestors, safety was key. They didn't live in communities because they didn't want to be there. They didn't stay in certain communities because they wanted to stay there. But they had to be somewhere where it was safe and somebody was looking out for them. And they can go to sleep and know that when they woke up, their house was not going to be on fire. Right. And actually, the Klan started to rise after um, 1915 um, and the birth of a nation being a a box office smash uh, movie for the nation and uh, the president endorsing it. And so there was even a a rise of the Klan into the 20s in in numbers of uh, anywhere from 400 to 2,000. And that would parade um, through Hastings. And, and, uh, yeah, you're right about your house is next. Right, yeah. Now, James, you know, this is a difficult conversation, but it's one that we need to have. Otherwise, we're going to repeat it. You know, you you can't Mm -hmm. take stuff and decide you don't want to talk about it because it's uncomfortable. um, Because, you know, your comfort level is really not a concern. You know, the Mm -hmm. church is the foundation of any community, especially the black community. And when you burn down a church and nobody is held accountable, the church that these people built, the church that these people bought pews and Bibles for, the place where families will come on Wednesday nights for Bible studies and Saturdays for um, gatherings and Sunday for worship. When you burn down the house of God and nothing happens and you know who did it and, mm-hmm. and, and you don't want to talk about it, still in the year of our Lord, 20 and 23, that says something not just about what happened then, but who we are now. That's right. And and you mentioned General Mills and uh, being afraid of uncomfortable conversations. My cousin is Katie McWatt. Her maiden name is Curry. So she was instrumental in uh, uh, taking it to General Mills and uh, starting boycotts and dumping cereals all over their lawns just to bring attention to their lack of diversity. So it's weird how it all rhymes. It all comes back together. Now, um, give folks the information again before we go um, where they can get tickets, when the event is, what time it is, because uh, some of the folks, um, I I, I see, oh, Lord, I'm getting pinged. Who is this? Miss Judy uh, (laughs) wants to know because she missed the first part. She's just coming into the conversation. She's on Facebook. She wants to know where she can go. When is this event? Because she does not want to miss it. All right. Well, on Facebook, you can find information uh, under BR4R, Building Remembrance for Reconciliation. But the actual date is next Sunday, February 26th, from 2 to 4, at St. Luke's Episcopal Church, 615 Vermilion Street in Hastings. And uh, I'd love to see everyone. All right. And did we give that date and time? February 26th. Okay. 
next Sunday. Right. And what's, what, what time should they start arriving? Um, it would be nice if folks arrived at 2 uh, when it starts. Okay. But uh, okay. feel, free to, feel free to compensate for traffic or for parking, but there should be plenty of yeah, it's 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 a nice space. It'll be a nice Sunday afternoon um, after you go to yeah. church or brunch, um, after you have um, breakfast with your family, do your laundry, do your running around, meet us in Hastings. We would love to see you there. Um, I'll be, you know, if you bought a book, bring it on. If you want to take some pictures, come on. I'll be there to hug you and love you. And then we're going to jump into these um, crucial conversations about how we can make yeah. the next hundred years better than the last hundred years. Thank you so much again for you and your entire team for inviting me to be a part of this. You guys have put a lot of work and sweat and blood and tears into making this a reality. Um, And it ain't easy to be talking about this kind of stuff, but you all are doing it, and I so appreciate it. Well, thank you, Shalai. We appreciate you. All right. And and y'all stick around because speaking of uh, sweat and tears, Josh Wheeler is working out. My new producer, he's going to the gym um, and he's making me look bad. Now, I have to go to the gym. We're going to be talking to him next. I guess he's trying to get his beach body ready. I don't know what's going on, but I'm on my Facebook timeline looking for uh, who got that new Girl Scout cookie dough. Uh, that I can buy and which Girl Scouts still got uh, which which type I like and who's closest to me um, because Girl Scout cookies went on sale yesterday and I ordered some from the little young ladies, uh, Kenyatta uh, and her troop at the church, but I'm not going to get to church till tomorrow, okay? I'm not driving from Cottage Grove to North Minneapolis for cookies as much as I love cookies. Um, so I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to get online on girlscoutsrv.org and I'm going to find a troop close to the house and then I can have cookies, my cookies uh, 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 a Friday and Saturday and then go to the church and buy those cookies to last me a week until it's time to go get more uh, cookies from the church. And so uh, I go on to try to mind my own business and buy my cookies and Josh Wheeler is in the damn gym taking selfies and sweating and making me look and feel bad because I'm not, I, I'm, I don't, don't want to go to the gym. I want to go get my cookies. Uh, Josh, when did you start working out? I mean, this week I started back up. I've worked out here and there throughout the last five, six years. But, you know, having cancer and all that stuff, that kind of set me back a handful of years ago. And I'm just slowly making, our way, making my way back to living a healthier life, you know. Now... I did not know about your cancer diagnosis. You did not share that with me um, <laughs> when you got this job. But I was just um, amazed at um, your journey. And so you were diagnosed with cancer when? Uh, 2017. Coming up on okay. six years uh, here. Soon. How did you find out what happened? I'm always, you know, just uh, uh, amazed at the doctors who care um, about patients and make sure that they have proper diagnosis so they can get treated so they can keep living. Oh, you know, I just uh, had a really bad headache, really high temp, and a couple of days after making a having a really bad bump at a job I was working at, and uh, everything kind of pieced together and landed me in the doctor's office, and I thought it was just a really bad sinus infection, and sure enough, it was not the case. It was uh, very high temp because I had no white blood cells in my body to fight anything off. Wow. Yeah, and then I thought it was going to be just a doctor's visit, and I'll go home and, you know, 
put some put some dirt on it and move on to my with my life. Right, and, take take you some neosporin yeah. and get you some Benadryl yeah. and Robitussin and, and keep going. Throw throw a Hello Kitty Band-Aid on there and move on with my day. <laughs> but no, it, it ended up being a forty five uh, forty five day stay over at North Memorial. So wow, yeah. oh yeah, but yeah, wow. uh, I haven't really been the same since. This was like. Maybe a year and uh, almost a year to the day after I had lost 60 pounds in my first original mm-hmm. weight loss journey, I uh, spent mm-hmm. May to September of 16 uh, losing weight and I dropped, you know, 50, 60 pounds because I was just that dedicated. And then uh, was about stayed about the same up until May of that next year. And then pretty much me having cancer put a lot of water weight on. And that was kind of the beginning yeah. of the end with that. So yeah. uh, just slowly trying to make my way back into it here. So what's your routine like? Do you work out in the morning? Is it a lunchtime thing? Is it after you get off from work, a stress reliever? I prefer morning. If I, I, okay. I, like, I like to get my work out of the way to start the day like most people do. So okay. uh, earlier okay. the better for me. Okay, and what are you doing? Are you doing classes, like a cardio? Are you doing weight training? Nope, no classes. Just kind of do my own thing right now. Uh, doing some light weightlifting right now, using a few pulley machines just to going to get the muscles going again and then i do i'm i'm not really a treadmill person i'll, I'll do it if i have to do it but uh i'm more of an outdoor walking slash running person so right now i'm just trying to find but it's cold to, oh it is but that's what that's what uh you know going shopping does for you you've got to bundle up and go and get on out there you know what you sound like uh a couple of my neighbors they do not miss walking um, there's a gentleman in my neighborhood in Cottage Grove. If anybody lives in Cottage Grove, I don't know who this man is, but I, Josh and I need to find him. Josh, I don't care if it's 102 or minus 2. He is out walking. He got his hat on. He's drinking his coffee. And he just walks. On, I mean, it's almost like he walks the entire city of Cottage Grove every day. Um, and I see him on the way to pick the kids up. I blow and he waves and he's walking. I pick the kids uh, up from an art class. I blow. I mean, it's like, wait, didn't I just see him over here? But he is constantly in motion, constantly moving. And I look at him and I'm like, you know what? That's probably why he's lived this long. Because he is active and he is doing things. And, and, you know, it's probably therapeutic and a stress reliever, too, because you're not constantly on the grind, constantly thinking, constantly working. Hey, it helps that I get to park downtown and walk a few blocks to get to work. It's, it's a nice incentive to get some exercise in every day also. So I'm more, now, of, a, I'm more of a biker, though. I'm, more, I'm definitely more. Really? When, when my weight is good enough to be on a bike, right now I've been just deathly afraid to be on a bike, being 340 and not really trusting the, my, my weight on a bike for the last handful of years, but I definitely mm-hmm. more of a biker. I used to, high school, I used to bike, you know, probably 15, 20 miles a day during the summer. Really? Now, my friend Kevin Berger is a biker. Um, I, would you believe this? She is the one who um, forced me to learn how to ride a bike. Do you know that I was uh, just a few years old from today when Kevin Berger got me over to a, a a place here in the Twin Cities and they taught me how to ride a bike. I thought I was going to be the only adult in the class, <laughs> but apparently I was not. There were other adults just as old as me. I was probably about mm, 37, 38 years old when I learned how to ride a bike. 
Um, and this past weekend, um, I went over to Eric's bike shop, um, and Andrew got a new bike and, um, you know, because he's, he's riding, you know, back and forth to work, um, until he, you know, kind of gets his sea legs under him, um, and learns how to drive the cars. But Andrew got a new bike, Brandon and Cameron got new bikes, um, so that, you know, they, they'll have them and they'll be ready as soon as the snow thaws and, you know, just kind of as we go out in the RV, um, you know, they can bike and, and have fun on the trails and, and that kind of thing. But where do you go? Like, are you at the Y downtown? Where do you go? Nope. So I have a fitness center at my apartment in Plymouth. And uh, usually when I walk, oh, there's okay. a lot of park trails around. And honestly, if for those listening, if you have a recommendation as far as a bike to fit somebody my size, feel free to text it in because I have been looking and shopping around and I can't seem to find anything that will hold uh, my very large self up. Okay, let me tell you something. There's a bike shop. Hold on, hold on. I'm going to tell you. There's a bike shop in uh, North Minneapolis. This guy just sent me a note about his bike shop. Hold on. Uh, his name is Kenneth. And I said the same thing. I said, Kenneth, look, I have gained so much weight. Um, and I, um, you know, not that I'm afraid to get on a bike, but um, I... I, like you, almost like you, I, I didn't trust it. And so he was like, girl, look, I'm going to tell you something. That's all we sell bikes to. Uh, 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 women who um, have decided, you know, um, I, I've gained a little weight. I, I want to get fit. Biking is fun. And, and so, you know, from what he was telling me, they specialize in making sure they have bikes in stock for people who, like us, uh, Josh, I'm going to go ahead and say it, overweight because I am overweight. Oh, I'm yeah. 50 pounds overweight. I don't think we need to uh, start uh, finding a title for fat. I don't think that. I think we need to say what the hell it is. We are overweight, and uh, we're trying to do something about it. So Venture North Bikes Got is right where, here. like, yeah, Venture North Bikes. Um, and uh, so so Air, uh, uh, Eric's Bike Shop is good for Brandon and Cameron and Andrew. But when I got to find somewhere to keep my fat butt on the bike and safe and balance this big old booty I got, y'all saw me on Almanac last night. It looked like I had four butts. I only have two butt cheeks, but they're so big, it looks like four or two queen-size pillows. Um, Venture North Bikes. Um, check them out. Kenneth uh, Littleton, tell him I sent you over there. Right. But um, but I just really like um you know, I just really like the selection that he has and how he understands that. And can we just be honest? Really what it's all about is um, black women who have gained a little weight, like me, and we want to get healthy. We want to live longer. We want to stay fit and active, and, and we want to get on a bicycle. But that bicycle got to hold us up, uh, yep. Josh. And so he understands that being in a community in North Minneapolis. So check them out. Venture North Bikes. Uh, Kenneth Littleton is the owner. And tell them we sent you over there. They've got excellent reviews. They've got a repair shop there. Uh, and when, you know, he called me, you know me. The first thing I'm doing, I'm going on Google. I want to know what folks are saying about you. 114 Google reviews, a 4.7 rating. There you, you go. Know, so, yep. And, and that's just... That's not including the people that um, that I've talked to, the, the, the other women um, like me who have gained weight during COVID, who need a sturdy bike because we are sturdy women. And um, they, they carry a stock there at Venture North Bikes. Okay, now, when we come back, we've got more to come on the Shaletta Show. And then Steve Thompson is coming up after that. Y'all stick around. Let me just tell you something. 
I cannot tell you how much I appreciate uh, Twin Cities uh, Business um, Journal, the magazine that comes out. Allie Kaplan um, is the publisher, and um, she just does an amazing job at um, telling stories about businesses that will have an impact on other business owners. Um, And I, I appreciate also... Um, the diversity in the people that she talks to and how she spotlights businesses um, of all colors. I, I just remember, and I, I'm not going to call this person's name, but I was talking to a, a writer at um, a, a newspaper here in town, and I said, well, you know, there's a story about um, this amazing African-American woman. It wasn't me. It was another amazing African-American woman. There's more of us. Um, and I said, and she's doing this amazing thing in North Minneapolis. And you should, um, you know, reach out to her because I, I think this is a story. And he said, oh, I'm already writing a story about a black woman. I said, you know, uh, I'm not sure if you are aware of this, but you can write more than one story about a black woman in business. It it doesn't have to be just one story. If there is another story, you can write that story as well because there can be more than one. And, you know, I don't know if he ever um, thought about that. But that was his defense, and he said it proudly. Oh, I'm already writing a story about a black woman in business. And so oftentimes for African Americans, that's why we don't believe we can be business owners, because we don't see stories about African American, especially women uh, business owners in the news. But if you go to tcbmag.com right now, um, you will see so many stories uh, just scrolling on the homepage that have black women and black men um, on uh, the screenshot. It, it is just amazing at how Allie Kaplan is able to cultivate and curate um, relationships with people in the community. So she's able to tell these stories and not just that have roundtable workshops so that we are all talking about it. And on February 22nd from 3 to 6 p.m., she is hosting TCB Talks, Diversity in Entrepreneurship. She is joining us now. And, Allie, I just can't thank you enough for using the space that you have uh, to create conversation that is so crucial and so vital to all of us. Well, it's so obvious, isn't it? I mean, why haven't we always been having these conversations? And, and I, I feel bad that this is still the conversation in 2023, but I think it's more important than ever. You know, and in this um, Diversity and Entrepreneurship TCB Talks is coming up on the 22nd uh, from 3 to 6. Get off early. Um, if you can't get off early, just it's head free. on down there. It's free. Yes. yes, it's yes. free. Um, and, and I just want everybody to be there because we start talking about diversity and entrepreneurship. Um, you know, so many African-American, especially women, you know, walked off their jobs because, you know, we didn't want to get paid pennies on the dollar. And we realized building generational wealth for our families was only going to happen 
if we stepped out on faith and started our companies. But then, you know, we get out here and we can't find the support or the infrastructure we need. And, and so people say, well, why? what happened to your business? Why did you have to close? You know, talking about, you know, Dana uh, Smith and Mini Row Market and Hopkins. She was the only black woman-owned grocery store in the state. And only a few years into realizing their dream, had to close. And, and we talk hmm. about support and infrastructure and help. And, you know, shining right. a spotlight um, on these business owners and, and the unique struggles that African-American entrepreneurs face is very different from our white male and female counterparts. Right, right. And we know that even though I think we're having more of these conversations today, it's still only 1%, 1% of venture capital is going to black founders. Why is that? Where is the disconnect? How do we fix that? How do we move forward? That's what we want to talk about. And so we've assembled just the the most A-list of panels um, next to you, of course, Shaletta. Uh, but we, we had you on the stage for the big event, of course. But we've got Andre Creighton from yeah. Turn Signal. Turn Signal mm-hmm. is an amazing startup story. Um, Renee Dossman, who is the president and CEO of Neighborhood Development Center, who is working on these issues day in and day out and helping founders who don't have the support and don't have the network to find their footing. And then somebody who's done it, who's doing it right now, Janita Flowers. Of Janita's job. Yes. Tried those cookies. Oh my yes, goodness. ma'am. Jesus. Yes, Lord. <laughs> but, you know, her story is so interesting in that, you know, it's, it's really only been since um, the death of George Floyd, frankly, that, you know, with, with Target and other companies making commitments and, you know, that she has gotten the support, that she's now on the shelf at Target, that she is really moving forward. But that also requires being able to scale up. And when the offers come in, you have to be able to produce enough cookies yes, to meet ma'am. that demand. It's, and so figuring out how to do that, how to do that in an economical way and how to do that in a sustainable way, that is tricky. And that's what we're going to be talking about at this event this week. And, you know, that's that's the thing. You know, when those opportunities come, you can't say no. You can't say it can't get done. You can't say I'm not going to be able to uh, provide you with what you need because you don't know if they're going to come again. And you know that this may uh, lead to something else with somebody else. And so, you know, a a lot of times, especially for black entrepreneurs, we're doing it all ourselves. You know, you're a woman in business. You you are the personal assistant, the cook, the secretary, the uh, errand girl. You cleaning up, vacuuming and dusting. Let me know. Let me know when you find them. Baby, because, you know, like, you know, somebody was, you know, I went to the doctor this week, girl, and they were like, girl, your blood pressure's high. Uh, You know, tell your assistant. I said, I am the assistant. You know, so when when you start talking about African-American in business and diversity, you know, we are bootstrapping. You know, a lot of times. And so, you know, the one thing that I saw that uh, when I had the Black Entrepreneurs Day at the Capitol is some of the business owners said we can't go because we'd have to close down our shop for a day and we can't lose sales for a day to be at this event. And so white folks were like, we'll go work the shop so that, uh, you know, these business owners can, you know, attend this event. So you had people going to get trained on how to sell lipstick and body butter and uh, scooping ice cream so that these business owners could attend this That's amazing. event because we don't have that support. And so we lose those opportunities. 
Right, right, right. It's and it, it, it's all about supporting your community and and having community. And I think you said it best right at the beginning. We we get inspired when we see ourselves, when we see other people like ourselves. You think, oh, I could do that too. And so we need more role models, and we need more infrastructure. We need the people who you know. Venture capitalists don't all look one way, and entrepreneurs mm-hmm. don't all look one way or come from one background. And so we need to, to figure out how to, to share the, the, the intelligence, share the wisdom, and, and help people who come from different backgrounds. Okay, I know that you only supposed to, to you only supposed to talk to me for a few minutes, but I want to talk more with you after the commercial break. Um, Allie um, is with Twin Cities Business uh, because you know you could have just done a story on this, you could have just done a column, um, but you are having a whole event talking about diversity and entrepreneurship. Um, how did this whole idea come about? Um, why didn't she just uh, do a, a three-part story and keep it moving? Why does she feel the need to have us in community talking about this? Uh, we're going to ask Allie those questions when we come back. That little announcer guy was not telling any lies when he said this is an audience participation show. Linnea Hoff just sent me a direct message and wanted to make sure, Josh, that you knew Camden Cycle on Dowling Avenue North has bikes for sturdy folks like us. Perfect. Okay, so make sure you write that down. And we will continue uh, to make sure that Josh and I know where all the sturdy bike locations are. As they come in, Josh, I will be sure to let you know. So we've got at least two places where we can take our big bone butts and get us some bicycles that are going to hold us up so we can get fit and make sure we have our summer body come in uh, at just the right time when we want to pop out that mid-drift. But I'm talking to my girl, Allie Kaplan of Twin Cities Business. She has um, a diversity um, and entrepreneurship talk coming up February 22nd from 3 to 6. Allie, how can people sign up? Where is it going to be? Give us all the details. Thank you for offering that opportunity. So tcbmag.com, just click on the events tab, which you'll see right at the top. It's the first event listed. It's TCB Talks Diversity and Entrepreneurship coming up this Wednesday, 3 p.m. Don't get scared. You don't have to stay till 6. We'll be there till 6 with refreshments and drinks. But the conversation will start at 3 p.m. We'll do a, a Q&A with our amazing panel, including one of the Turn Signal founders, Andre Crichton, Renee Dossman, the amazing Renee Dossman from Neighborhood Development Center, and Junita mm-hmm. of Junita's Flowers. I'm hoping she brings cookies. I can't, I can't promise. but I'm, I'm going to put it on the prayer list for church tomorrow. Yes, ma'am. Let's, let's do that. Let's do that. And then we'll have time for questions and answers, which I know is going to be very popular. Mm-hmm. And then some networking. The big headline is that this is a free event. We're really encouraging, you know, people who are founders and, and you know, aspiring founders entrepreneurship students, people who are, you know, in incubator programs right now, this is a great opportunity to connect with some people who are doing it, people who have raised money, people who have been through accelerator programs, people who know what it takes and who are black individuals who are making it happen in our community. You asked about how, why we're doing this. I'll tell you, we had an event a couple months ago um, where we were talking to the investors. We were talking to the people who give the money. 
and the right. issue came up and why, you know, why are we still seeing such disparities in where the money goes? And, and even though we have, even our, among our local venture capital uh, firms, we've got commitments that many of them have made to give a certain percentage to women founders, to black founders, you know, to, to, to really diversify. And yet still the numbers are not adding up. Why is that? It became a big topic of a conversation at that event. We thought, you know what? We need to go a little deeper. We need to mm. talk to an entirely black panel of people who are in the trenches right now and understand how they're doing it and what resources they think are needed to really sustain their businesses and grow others like them. Okay. It's one thing to talk about doing it. It's another thing to do it. This takes work. You got to find the right people to talk to. You've got to get the word out um, to the right groups to make sure that people actually show up. You've got to find these sponsors because these drinks and, and refreshments, girl, they ain't free. Um, that's a lot of work. You could have just done a three-part series. You could have taken your sound bites from the last thing and kept it moving and said you did your part for Black History Month. You know, listen, I think, um, you know, we are, we're a magazine, um, we're a magazine first, and I think of the magazine as sort of the, 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 the planet, and then we've got this whole um, host of different products that orbit around it, and one of the things that, that I really pride myself on, on behalf of everyone at Twin Cities Business, is our ability to bring a group together to get the, the movers and shakers, the founders, the Renee Dossman, who t- she's so busy she can barely even answer a phone call. Over she can't. Girl, I was going to say, because I call all the time. She don't call me back. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the Neighborhood Development Center is such an amazing resource, and if you haven't been to their new space on university or had coffee in the, in the shop, amazing. The lobby, it is absolutely Absolutely amazing. And this is such a great opportunity to, to get right there, to, to be with her in the same room and ask questions. And that's, those are the kind of opportunities we try to create. Now, in addition to that, I want to make sure you're aware, we launched a new newsletter this week, an e-newsletter. Also no, free. I didn't know. It's called Forward. It's called Forward, and that's because we are tired of talking about the same stories of DEI. We want to move forward. How do we learn to be anti-racist leaders? How do we really incorporate things into our businesses that are in a sustainable way? So we've invited Sina Hodges of the Woke Coach. Yes! editor-at-large. She is writing a monthly column, and she is the editor of this newsletter. You can read her first column if you go to tcbmag.com. It's right at the top, go to Forward, and you'll read her work. And she, what I love about Sina is she tells it like it is. And she, she does. Says, she's like, you know, she's like, this is not a time to pat ourselves on the back because we had one conversation. We ain't done nothing right. We ain't done nothing. <laughs> <laughs> we're just getting started, and and she really frames it up. But she's not scolding us. She's really doing it in a in a in a um, in a practical but productive way, where she's saying, "Look, this is an ongoing practice. This is something mm-hmm. you need to incorporate into into your business. These are questions you need to be asking on an ongoing basis to be an inclusive culture. And that's not just about." 
color of skin, that's inclusive in all ways, right? I mean, it's differently abled individuals, it's gender, it's all the things. She said, you know, she gets asked frequently, you know, she'll have companies say to her, well, you know, we don't, we don't have any of those issues right now. We don't have any transgender <laughs> employees, so why should we do a seminar on it? And she's like, well, guess what? Your employees have children who are transgender. Your next generation of employees are transgender. If you don't deal with these things now, you're going to be so far behind when it comes that you're going to be totally out of luck. So we need to be out in front and thinking about these issues on an ongoing basis, and we're trying to start that conversation. We hope people write in with questions. We hope people come to our event on Wednesday. We really want to have the difficult, uncomfortable conversation. And I, I just want to make sure people know, go to tcbmag.com right at the top. It gives you a link um, that you can go to to get all the information that and, and answer all the questions that you may have about Allie Kaplan's event, diversity um, and entrepreneurship that is coming up this week. Um, I think that, you know, we should make plans to be in that community and in that space together. And so what I want to do is encourage everybody who is listening to this show that you don't just sign up, but you share it on your social media timelines. Um, you put a link in a chat with your friends, your business friends, your business associates. Um, you send an email or a DM to the people you know in business so that they don't miss this opportunity. Because not only will we have an availability to learn from uh, these amazing entrepreneurs and thought leaders, but we'll have an opportunity to be in the room and in community with one another. And who knows what will happen when you get a group of entrepreneurs in a room and how uh, those funds, that dollar, that money, those ideas, that creativity um, can begin to circulate. So, Ellie, tell us again the date, the time, the location, and how we can sign up for this free event. February 22nd, Wednesday, 3 p.m. Go to tcbmag.com. Click on events. You'll see it right there. Register for free. We're doing it downtown at the Minneapolis Club. There's parking right there. There will be refreshments. We'll have time to connect and network. And that's really what it's all about, right? It's about being in the rooms where the in the is, room where, the where it made. happens. What Lynn Man Miranda <laughs> said, being in the room where it happens. Thank you for providing this space, for giving a room and a voice to this cause. You did not have to do it. It is not lost on me that you could have just written three columns, but Allie Kaplan has done this for us, for our community, to make us all better. Hey, it's been a great Shaletta show. Steve Thompson is coming up next. Y'all have an amazing weekend.